wig. It's hot local singles. Hello and welcome to Hot Local Singles, the best podcast. Period. This is Juan, and with me I have Josh, famously known for being my co-host. <laughs> hi. And hi. Today we're doing music for the first time in like a month, I think. No, we did against, which you should listen to, subscribe to our Patreon. But we're going to our classic Hot versus Local. We have a binary of hot or local and it has to be done it has to be done i feel like in some ways like the labels haven't really woken up for 2021 yet no they like, haven't yeah we have a new version of an old dua lipa album so that's mm-hmm. something you know it's just like and then like a remix of a song from 10 years ago you know what i'm referring to <laughs> so it's like yeah i mean yes it's new music but it doesn't feel like a ton is happening but that said, there are really good songs. Does that kind of make sense? <laughs> <laughs> the interesting stuff is not on a major scale. Like, that's what I'll say. The interesting stuff is more low-key. The big pop girls haven't yet woken up. Although I'll make a case for a duo during the episode, but the main, like, pops as, as it is, mainstream pop hasn't really started yeah. the year. Uh, but really quick for the listener, we'll be talking about Rebecca Black, Carolyn Polachek, Dua Lipa, Cardi B, Slater, That Kid, Shushu, Rochelle, Jordan, Rita Ora, and Club Eat. So if any of that spikes your interest, keep listening. And we're going into a couple of music videos that have happened recently yeah. too. So maybe some like autistic sia vibes if you're lucky if you're unlucky if you're unlucky enough that you had to see that on your timeline oh my god oh my god let's talk music let's start with our first single are you ready i'm low-key not this was huge everyone was fighting about this online yeah especially on our discord people Mm -hmm. were talking about the friday remix rebecca black produced by dylan brady of 100 gex Featuring, say with me, Big Frida, 303. And Dorian Electra. Dorian Electra, yes. Yeah, you blanked on that one. Reading my mind, bestie. Finishing my sentences. (laughs) Your brain is so healthy that it blacks out Dorian Electra. That's like, like it really is doing its job to keep you sane. It's the first sign of stability, I think, yeah. Yeah. In like, life, love, happiness. (laughs) I will say, though, Dorian sounded... Good. And actually, everyone sounds great on this except Rebecca herself. Oh, yeah. I kind of think. Well, let's just get off the bat. Like, how, where do we start? There's so many layers of discourse. The first two words that I'll say is corny, ill-advised, and musically bad. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> corny, ill-advised, and musically bad. What's left? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can I can I try to summarize the positions that were taken at least in our in our Discord or what I saw on Twitter? There's what I just said. So people who sort of like think that it was just not very good musically, and then there's like the flip side of people who believe that it's an interesting move on her to sort of re- reclaim her narrative or appropriate what happened ten years ago when she was clowned, like beyond yeah. clowned. I don't think anyone's been clowned the way that she was. I mean, I'm sure someone has, Brittany probably, but. It happens all the time, but like for less time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like shorter. And this was like 2011, so it really was like the advent of the internet as we know it. You know, things going Mm -hmm. viral and shit like that. Yeah, that's true. 
those are the two positions uh, here at HLS. We'll try to find a synthesis, a middle ground, a nuanced opinion on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll excavate the nuance out of this entire conversation if it kills us. And it will. It will kill us. <laughs> it will, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah, please. Who told her to get those lip injections other than society at large? <laughs> society at large, period. I love that you're asking me that question as if I know who personally. <laughs> like, it wasn't so, Dorian. I don't think Dorian it was doesn't anything. care about that shit. It wasn't her, like, PC music friends, you know what I mean? She's clearly, like, riding a line. She wants yeah. to be PC music, but it's not really coming off very true. I think that's the main issue. I mean, you're getting like immediately at the first issue with the remix. It doesn't really sound like someone in Discord said this, and I really wish I could scroll really quick to see who it was, but essentially <laughs> it doesn't sound authentic. Uh, I think it was uh, Kyle, um, New York Kyle, not LA Kyle. And he was saying that it it's inauthentic, whereas the first one was very authentic. Like yeah. to a fault, like to... Yeah. Like, it was just a teenage girl being, like, so happy that she was putting out music. Her parents yeah. paid for that. I remember the narrative was, like, or, like, the story, not even the narrative. The story was that it was, like, a production company owned by the guy who features in the original song. Do you remember that? Do you remember the music video? It was a bunch <laughs> of kids, including Rebecca Black, who was a kid at the time, and then this, like, adult man who I think was a producer. And it was just a company that was charging parents to right. make songs for their kids. And I think the purpose of the songs were maybe to, I don't know, to have like a family recording or like be played at birthday parties. It was never intended, I don't think. Yeah. No, yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. It was just like hobbyist and it kind yeah. of went incredibly viral. It's, I mean, I, I can't stand it. Like someone in Discord called us old for not thinking it's fun. <laughs> I really miss that. Rebecca's vocals just sound so bad. Like yeah. it's just so hard to hear. Like, why did she make that choice? Like, we know from her other single, Girlfriend, that she can actually right. sing. Yeah, she can sing pretty well. So what's the deal? I will say that I disagree uh, to the po- in the po- on the point that I think the whole thing sounds not great. Like everyone involved. I think the production is, I think it's the worst Lombardi production that I've heard in a bit. It sounds like someone ripping him off. Exact, yeah. exact. I first I thought it was a Dorian Electra production because I'm so negative about Dorian Electra. But then I was like, oh, Dylan Brady actually produced this. But I think it's like the issue with the production specifically is that they didn't change much from an origin from the original song, which was famously a really bad song. <laughs> yeah, they just changed the drums, made the drums a bit heavier, a bit louder. But the song, the, the skeleton of Friday, is there, and Friday's a bad song. Period. You're it's right. Just a, just a period of it. Yeah, hearing her sing that chorus even faster is like okay, <laughs> inhumane a bit. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so wordy. <laughs> So yeah, I hate hearing it. The, like the first time I turned it on, it was actually a very physical reaction that I had. And normally, hyperpop like doesn't really give me that. Like I don't really care enough. I will say now that you bring up hyperpop, I wrote this down and I thought I don't know. It's like a hot take, but I think that this song kind of like more officially marks the end of hyperpop, like the coolness of hyperpop, <laughs> in the sense that. Well, I mean, this is all debate that was being had on our Discord, but if you trace Hyperpop, you can sort of trace it back to PC Music, the label, like 2013, 14, like, and their vibe back then was like par- like making parodies of songs like Friday. Like their whole vibe was like making exaggerated versions of like bubble pop, bubblegum pop, and like teeny bops, essentially Friday. So it's like a weird full circle now where they're, the song that sort of inspired them, they're doing like a PC treatment of that. 
And it's weird. And I think it's just like it, it, it shows that the movement has come full circle. And then there's like very little wiggle room now for the hyper pop sound to go. Um, so that, that was my hot take that I think this kind of mark, marks the end of hyper pop. Yeah, I'm looking for this one A.G. Cook remix of this like tween girl group. And I think it's just ripped from a mix or something, but it is on YouTube somewhere. And it basically just like is what you just said. Like, it's sort of like if A.G. Cook at the time of Friday's original release, it would be like if he remixed that song. Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of like pop factory. Exactly. For that, tweens that. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about the people there's a tweet that i i, I added to her notes uh, some people claiming that it was like a interesting because firstly it's like she's reclaiming the narrative and secondly because we're all talking about it and it is true we are all talking about it about her so my question is was the narrative like stolen from her i guess not stolen but in the sense that people clowned her so she's like kind of like now she's yeah the joke i don't know is that is that like what that phrase is for? Like reclaiming her yeah. narrative? Like I don't I really think that's right. what that's for. Yeah. yeah. But I, I saw that too constantly. Like people like that's kind of the pitch of the song. Yeah. It's reclaiming her narrative. I guess I can see it as in the sense that Rishi's reclaiming agency of her artistic persona. I'll read the tweet. It's from Bal- Bad Gal Kiki420. And it says, Rebecca Black is really fucking cool and that video was a reclamation of her narrative, exclamation mark. The art direction caused the desired ripple effect on Twitter, further proving their point, which is high concept trollception, and I'm here for it. No. Sorry. You don't see it. High I... concept trollception? Excuse yeah. me? Excuse yourself. Let's start with speaking English. Let's um, remember what we're talking about. Let's remember yeah. the song we just heard. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, like sure, like let's say that's the case. Let's 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 agree. Let's give her that. I don't think that's good for her career because, like, if you listen to the other single on our playlist, "Girlfriend," that to me sounds like what she really wants to be making. What yeah, she's yeah, doing yeah. with this remix is just re re bringing attention back to her worst point. Like, why? Like, I understand that she's trying to reclaim her career, but at the, what she's doing by doing this. Is she's reminding us that she's the girl from Friday, and we now again are going to be thinking of her like that, and we're not we're not going to be able to focus on the actually pretty good music that she's been putting out. Like I don't think Girlfriend is an amazing song, and I'm not listening to it. But for people who like that kind of music, Girlfriend is a good song. Yeah, no, it's like a cross between Rina Sawayama and like Haim, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I like the Haim connection. Yeah, it's like a very normal, just mm. left of center pop song. Like, just left of center. Yeah. Not the remix, which is, like, deranged Oof. off yeah. the spectrum completely. What spectrum? Chipmunk <laughs> ass. What spectrum? <laughs> so the song I was referring to, the A.G. Cook remix, yeah. um, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Stay With Me, A.G. Cook remix. It's by a girl group named Pinky Swear, which straight up don't exist really anymore. Mm. But it's so good. It's pitched up by A.G. Cook. Mm. One of the girls is a rapper, so there's like a rap verse. <laughs> Obviously, white girls, hilarious. So, anyways, if anything good came out of the, this conversation, it's me telling you to listen to "Stay right. With Me" remix by Aj Cook <laughs> on YouTube.com. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we, uh, we, yeah, we both agree. Sort of like it's too, too like you know that snake that eats its own tail. It's too that, right? 
Yeah. Let's do that. And in fact, if she wanted to reclaim the narrative, I think she could have done it better. It's just that to me, to me, it's my opinion. It's not a pleasant song. So it just reminds yeah, me of the fact that Friday is a bad song. If she had remixed it in a way that made Friday like a club banger, now we're, it's a different story. Yeah. And there was a there was discussion on Discord as well of people genuinely not being sure of where the genre hyperpop begins and PC music ends. Mm -hmm. And there was even some confusion of like PC music being a label or not. Like there's just like a lot of, like it's, they're used as synonyms often. And this Friday remix to me really illustrates what happens when you just like absorb stuff by osmosis <laughs> and kind of put everything together. And ultimately she's still paying for a music career and this is what you get when you do Friday in 2021. Mm. It's actually the exact same thing in a weird way. Yeah. It's the exact same like factory process where she has all these like hangers on of PC music and like the 2010s That's kind true. of pop punk culture that some hyperpop people reference a lot. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Essentially, it's like the same thing, but now it's like a has a stamp of coolness given by like I don't know fact magazine or like ID or whatever, but it's essentially right. it's like the same factory process. Just it's all the same blogs with these yeah. headlines. All yeah. these same blogs were talking about the original <laughs> Friday too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we close Friday because I know we've gone on, but I do want to bring up some of the best points or some of, some of the points made in the Discord. I can't really do it, but Paul does bring up the fact that. It's her last and final attempt to regain control of the narrative of being a meme. And then he brings up the fact that she did a song called Saturday a while ago. Important point to oh, remember. Oh, that's... I vaguely remember, yeah. Yeah, same. I just remember. So it's not the first time she tries to do this, um, which I think makes it even worse in a way. Because it's like, you've already tried this. Why hmm. keep reminding us that you are a meme? Just go make good music that makes us forget of the fact that you were a meme. Jack mentions that it was very Charlie. I also thought the same thing. Like when you see Big Frida or an Electra, like to me when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is like the Charlie print. Like she's trying to like shake it or click, click you know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too Charlie. Um, and I don't consider Big Frida a hanger on of PC music, by the way, but yeah, no, Big she Frida does get swept thing. up in that description. Mm -hmm. But anyways. And I think after that, yeah, the discussion about PC music. And if you want to read the discussion about PC music versus hyperpop, join our Discord. What channel was that in? Do you remember? Uh, new music, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Where were we? Oh, yeah, Rebecca Black. Rebecca Black, local. So Rebecca Black, local, yeah. I want to talk about how that kid, artist name, that kid, is the gold standard of hyperpop and how we don't talk about that enough. We never talk about that kid, that one in particular. That, yeah, very that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're great. I don't know that, that kid's pronouns, so I won't even try. But they have a song out with Tara Jr., who's kind of proto-hyperpop, you could call it, if you want to push mm -hmm. the definition. Because in like the early 2010s, Tara Jr. was very minimal, like more R&B-leaning than current hyperpop, but there were still kind mm -hmm. of a few hyper-sensibilities about them as an act. And now I believe Tara Jr. is just the woman of the duo. And this is like just a perfect kind of classical hyperpop song, the song mm -hmm. Boost Mobile by that kid and Tara Jr. How did you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, I didn't really have any like strong feelings about it. Like I, I'm like fatigued with hyperpop a bit, but just like it's been all over for a while now. Like it's yeah. been a lot of years now that we've been dealing with this, <laughs> dealing with this issue. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I mean, I like, I like whatever. We need like a disclaimer in front of every episode that says the word hyperpop at this point. <laughs> yeah, literally. Trigger um, warning. I liked it. I think it reminds me of, I will always say that Charlie's a gold standard in the sense that she really manages to mix in crazy production with like actually good melodies. And this song gives me that too. Yeah. Obviously, that kid is much more indie than Charlie. So, yeah. And also, that kid's song with Slater is still great. Dial tone. So, Slater's making a reappearance later on in this episode. But for now, we need to talk about Caroline Polachek. Now, this Mm. song I fucked up with, I forgot to playlist it months ago. It's called Breathless, it's a cover of. Not Shania Twain, although there's like a Berenstein Bears, like Mandela effect about it. <laughs> I really thought it was a Shania Twain cover, but it's by really? The Coors. Mm-hmm. And if you look up The Coors song on YouTube, it's equally likely you'll see that it's by Shania Twain. Like it's mislabeled that often. Like it's really misremembered as a Shania Twain song, which is insane. Oh, crazy. But no, it's by The Coors. Caroline kind of leans into her yodeling, <laughs> her vocal runs. And really makes it spectacular, unbelievably beautiful, unafraid to reference. <laughs> I um, I really I can't get enough of it. I've been listening to it since December, and oh, really? I'm obsessed. I never I never got obsessed with it, but I really like it. I think it's 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 it's, it's a good song. It's a good cover. Definitely a very good cover. It's always impressive when someone makes a song. I was listening to the original just before we started recording, and I was like, oh wow, right, the production is very different. Obviously, like, the melodies yeah. are the same, but Caroline really was able to adapt it into her, like, crazy universe of, like, I don't even, yeah. even know how to describe it. She even, like, gets a... <gasps> in there. Yeah, she loves doing that. Oh, my God. And I love oh, it when says. she does it. Whenever I sing along to, like, uh, songs from Pang, the album. I don't I, rem- yeah. I can't remember which one has that, but I'm always like... <gasps> I forget. Into me. Anyways. Pang. I think that's hot. It's fucking hot. Danny produced it. Denny the El Harl produced it. And uh, at this point, I'm willing to tell you all that Caroline's vocal style and like vocal runs in particular are iconic, brandy level. Oh, wow. He went there. Stylings, okay? The stylings of brandy. As we know, Daniel Harl's working up to his debut album as well, Harlcore. Mm-hmm. So he released a couple more songs. One of them's like a kind of cute until it's scary hard style fucking good i love that song song. it's really scary oh you liked it i really loved it yeah what's it called again i was working out to that shit it's called i'm like i really love it i don't know the name uh interlocked interlocked yeah it's like full-on like manic it's like only listen to it if you're like on pre-workout or a ton of coffee basically yeah Yeah. you have to be literally lifting heavy objects to deal with the chorus i think (laughs) but no there's another one called ocean's theme ocean's theme and if you're anything like me, in the first millisecond of that song, and these are all obviously by different Danny kind of pseudonyms, but if you listen to that song, the first second, it's clear that it's Caroline Polachek's vocal runs in the background. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a more ambient thing. And obviously Caroline fits yeah. into that vibe effortlessly. Very well, yeah. It's like, when I listen to this, like, this this girl should be doing... I was going to say, why well, She should do a fucking ambient album. She sounds so... <laughs> Not this B word. <laughs> this queen. I love I love her. Um she should do an ambient album. She sounds so good on this, I thought. I love her. Like the layers. I just 
I didn't love her when Pang came out, but it just keeps really? multiplying. Really? Oh, I love Pang. I love that album so much. I remember saying on this very pod that I wasn't in the right place for it. Oh, too. I think, get this, I was too happy. Mm-hmm. That's probably why <laughs> you you're reaction because, yeah, when Joshi, this is behind the scenes, but when Joshi added to the playlist, I was like, yeah, I like the song, but I'm not, like, crazy about it. Uh, maybe that's why, yeah. like, all the, like, there's, like, a buildup from Pang to now is, like, exploding and Pang. Exploding. I will say, we were not talking about Danny, but I will say that I'm actually really excited about that album because so far... So the singles have been like fucking iconic. Iconic and so incredibly different. Yeah, yeah. It's basically gonna blow our fucking minds. Yeah. Like that Maxwell commercial where he's like sitting in a chair and like getting his hair blown back <laughs> by his fucking VHS tape player or whatever. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I guess it's cassette tape player. Who's getting blown? Where? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one on this pod. Not <laughs> listen to the love line if you're trying to think of if you're trying to get blown. <laughs> Blown away by advice. Um, this is all hot. The Danny and Carolyn universe. Hot smash after smash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love those two. One of the best producer-singer duos that we have right now, Danny and Caroline. So don't fucking sleep on Breathless. They're giving Charlie and AG a run for their money. Yeah, totally. The next song is by an indie artist, by the name of Dula Peep, also known as Dua Lipa. And by mm-hmm. indie, I'm joking because the main takeaway from this new single, We're Good, is that Dua Lipa somehow manages to have the biggest budget in pop music today. Yeah. This girl has been pushing this era for almost a year now, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Almost a year to the release of Future Natalia, so more than a year because Don't Start Now came out in 2019. Wow. The song We're Good came out with a music video and a deluxe version of Future Nostalgia with a couple more songs that had most leaked online. And now they got an official release. Uh, But today we're talking We're Good. And I'll start by saying that at risk of being called the basic gay, I love this song. (laughs) I really like this song. Yeah. I think it's the first mainstream pop girl to borrow the kind of trap plus guitar thing. Okay, interesting. I think so. I mean, yeah. the verses are just kind of plain rhythmic music, you know, like yeah. rhythmic R&B and rap. Basically, it's actually not very similar to the rest of the era at all. But then the chorus, the car, the cars come in. Jesus Christ, I'm so tired today. The <laughs> guitars come in in the chorus, and it becomes some kind of something different. Mm-hmm. With the hi-hats obviously still super loud in the mix. To make sure you know what you're listening to. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. This is a very uninformed opinion, but it was giving me like beachy vibes. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what I'm saying, but something about. Harley's in Hawaii is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. It's it right. That. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was giving it me like, that. like I was working out to it and I was like, sometimes when I work out, I do cardio after, which means just me like dancing around the room with pop music. And this was that's giving fun. me very hip movement more than. Anything else. So that's why it's like beachy. Serving hip. Yeah, yeah. Tropical vibes in a way. But yeah, it's not at all like future nostalgia. It's not disco. I think the line, there's a really stupid line that I love on it where she says something about we can get along like sleeping on cocaine. That was so stupid, but I kind of love it. I love that for her. Yeah, it is. It's just a really stupid line, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think that. And this is not a lot about the single anymore, but it makes me think that they're making her out, like the next step in Dua's career is going to be Rihanna-ish. 
coupled Rihanna with the way ish. that yeah, <gasps> coupled with the way that she's essentially the only pop girl doing like fashion, like actually getting looks from like Valentino and like actual fashion mm. houses. That mm. she's gonna pivot into this like sort of like cool. Um, I yes, I do cocaine. Yes, I have a stylist who actually like reads paper magazine kind of vibes. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but I think ultimately this is local. This is a local smash to me because to me she's doing big, <laughs> big label pop the way it should be done, like a beautifully yeah. produced, high production value pop. Did you like the video? Oh, kind of stupid, but yeah, I liked it. She looks so hot in it. Yeah, yeah. I just think like for that, it's like. Actually, we don't need videos. Like, there is a pandemic. You can actually just not do that. <laughs> I think that would be fine. You know she forgot about the pandemic. She keeps traveling and stuff. Yeah, she's not in that universe at all. <laughs> yeah. By that universe, I mean this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, like, normal person universe. No, yeah, she's been traveling. She already had... Someone made a funny tweet of, like, coupling, like, lyrics from her songs. Like, this one starts with, like, I'm on an island. And then I got a fever from the other song, Fever. Just, like... <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of Dua. <laughs> Funny. Funny little meme there. <laughs> um, yeah. I've had enough of We're Good, but it is decently cute, I would say. Exactly. And yeah, you're right. She's definitely doing her job. So thank exactly, you, Dua, for yeah. being productive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When many of us can't be. Also, we will say, though, and we've said this on the Discord, and we'll say it officially, let future nostalgia die. Please let this be the end of the era. We've had enough of future nostalgia. Hmm. I don't know if I feel strongly about that. I feel like really? she could keep doing this for like three years. I also said in the Discord that she might be releasing this in 2021, this like reissue, oh, yeah. to qualify for the following year's Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. So I think Fever would become eligible for next year's Grammy Awards and also this song, We're Good. TT. I don't know. It's possible. That would make it like a three-year album campaign, ultimately. Yeah, which is crazy. But I guess Don't Start Now, Don't Start Now came out for only this Grammy. So it's kind of a two yeah. year, if you do Grammy years, yeah. But anyways, yeah. Right, right. I wonder how she'll do in the Grammys. I don't think she'll do that well, but whatever. Oh, that's coming up soon too, next month. Mm-hmm. Literally, who knows? They're so delayed at this point. Like, who cares? Literally, you know, Who cares at this point? Yeah, you're right. It's going to be like Don't Stop Now for Song of the Year. Like, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't Start Now. We've moved on. We've moved on. <laughs> Yeah, don't we're start good. now, right? We're good. We're good. We're good. Dude. We are good. <laughs> really quick, that song, If It Ain't Me, was originally featuring Normani, and there's a version with Normani out in the internet that I listened to. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Wait, it's I didn't even realize the erasure, that. erasure, and she has been completely erasured. Normani's been erased, period, though. <laughs> like, there was a time when she clearly had an album coming out, and that just never happened. That just never happened. Yeah, they're literally trying to psyops us into thinking that she has never existed. That's crazy. Berenstein. Berenstein, Berenstein. <laughs> that's that's the, theme, the running theme of the pod, Berenstein. Um, Code word. She is with RCA. And we know that from Tinashe experience that they're like the worst label to be with. The other songs on the extended edition, the Moonlight edition, sorry, are just, yeah, so plain. But mm. I wouldn't have minded a couple more features. Yeah, like yeah, right, give because, me Normani. Come on, because Future Nostalgia doesn't have any features that I remember. You're right. It could have been a good place to do. She has a feature with someone called JD. Or, no, sorry to this man. I don't know who you are. Yeah, that um, sucked. I and apart from Angel, there's no features. And Angel, really, at the end of the day, is a nobody. No offense. Um, that was fun though. I did like. Fever yeah, I, I like Fever a lot. Yeah. 
But yeah, next up, we have Cardi B up. We are going to try to pick up the damn pace. Like, imagine we're just like, and by the way, Dua's connection to Hyperpop, I think it's really interesting. (laughs) And by the way, Dua is British, and so is PC Music, so... Yeah, when you put it that way, it's like, I think I can draw a line. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, speaking of lines, Cardi B has no good lines on this track by the name of Yeah, it's just like generally kind of... I find it a bit charming, but not in any particular way. No, okay, okay. So we're talking about Up by Cardi B now, listener, by the way. And I will preface anything I say about the song by saying that I'm coming from a place of barbism. Barbarism. <laughs> I um, Barbarianism. <laughs> barbarianism. I am, um, like, just opposed to the to Cardi B in a lot of ways. But I will say my main wow. takeaway, my main takeaway from this song is, at the end of the day, Cardi B has over Nuki that Cardi B has hooks. And Nikki hasn't really had hooks in a bit. It's been a few That's years true. since. And this song, much like WAP, the chorus is a hook. Like, you can listen to this in a car with your parents and like, okay, it's like... Yeah. It's that vibe. You know, it's, it appeals to a mainstream audience because it is rap, but it has hooks. Like, pop hooks. And I also, I've, said this, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think of Cardi as a media figure, an entertainer, more than I think of her as a musician or a rapper. And in that, with that in mind, is why I think it's a local. It's to me, this is like Lizzo. It's like mainstream appeal to both your grandparents, parents, and the kid and the and the family kind of music. So mm. it's 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 a cute it's a cute song, but it's local. That's all I have to say. Yeah, decent hook, I would say. Yeah, it's, of course it's local. Um, I would love to pivot even into the music video. Did you watch the music video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think humans aren't meant to be stimulated this severely. Like, <laughs> literally, I've never seen faster cuts in my life. That's it, right? Yeah, it's a. Cut. It's like it's really scary, anything. actually. Yeah. It's it actually is like a little bit anxiety-inducing. It's like a horror movie cut. Have you ever watched the Mad Max Fury Road? There are jump scares. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I agree. As a gay man, the jump scares were like Cardi's humongous boobies. No, <laughs> Not I, sound, I sound like a like a little kid. Actually, she kind of is serving Normani in the motivation video a little bit, in parts. I mean, there's like 300 costume changes, but yeah, Cardi will give you that. She'll give you kind of like what Dua does, like high production value, a thousand uh, outfits. It reminds me of the boys' video, the boys, Nikki and Cassie. Oh right, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that, but. Way bigger budget for Cardi than for huge, <laughs> huge, huge budget. budget. So many extras. Yeah, just skin. the amount of like the amount of quote unquote video vixens on this is like bigger yeah. than the country of Kosovo. There's a vibrator product placement. Like it is oh, yeah. such a stimulating video in a way I've actually kind of never seen before, except for this other video that came out. Oh, for Megan the Stallion. Cry Baby. This is featuring Da Baby, which is like kind of a cute little gimmick, I would say. And let's just say it like it is. This song and video is rooted in pedophilia. (laughs) (laughs) Not not that, please. We're going to get canceled. This is similarly like so overstimulating. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like clownish circus vibes. It's fully circus, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really make me feel good. It's not a good vibe. It's the uncanny valley. Like, yeah. like Or not even uncanny valley, but there's something about it that is disturbing and I'm not into it. It's like all of these little women because it's, <laughs> it's in a toy store. So like all the toys right. are moving very realistically. 
And then like all these little Megans and her little dancers are like on a tiny table dancing amongst all the toys. Right. And then the beat, obviously, don't get me started. There's like a really ugly like baby voice thing going on in that. Yeah. So like, come on, like, okay, mental health is a big issue. <laughs> Bell, let's talk. Bell, yeah. let's talk about how Megan is making me crazy. Jesus, um, yeah. I will say, I think we're getting at since we're such genius cultural commentators. I think we're getting at like a, an aesthetic that is happening in music videos that I will trace back without anyone's consent to the Harley Quinn movie and the music oh videos for God. that movie. You know what I mean? Oh like the God. bus bitch music video, the Normani and yeah. the Italian music video. And it's like, it's in WAP, it's in the new Cardi video mm. and it's here. What is it? Like too many colors, too many set pieces, but also too much green screen. Yeah. More green screen than ever. It seems, but it doesn't seem that new because again, I would trace the line to the boys video that I just mentioned. Oh yeah, you're right. Like it is, I think Colin Tilly and, um, you know what I will say is different about these ones? What? They're like, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's the single frame has a lot of layers. There's like, there's always like mm. floors within, like, you know what I mean? Like, no, you don't know what I mean because I'm not making any sense, but this music video, depth for example. field or something. Yeah, depth of field. And like this music video, for example, has like this like toy, like atrium or like podium. And there's like things happening at the bottom, things happening at the middle of the frame, on the sides, at the top. It's very yeah. WAP. WAP has the same vibe. We're, the shots are wider, which I am guessing yeah. is because they assume more people are watching these things on huge screens than they were even last year or two years right. ago. Because everyone's at home, everyone's casting and like airplaying. That's probably. the. Uh, Maybe that's whereas, what it is. I mean, yeah. whereas the, vo- the voice, the color palette is similar and the maximalism is similar, but it's much more flat in terms of depth of feel and there's not as much going on. Mm. This reminds me of uh, Speed Racer, the movie. Have you watched that? Yeah, I totally see that. Mm. I could barely stand that movie for basically the same reasons we're talking about. Mm. Also, green screen was just not very good back then. So in a way, that movie is very impressive for when it happened. But I mean, these special effects are fucking perfect in these music Mm. videos. Even in the Dua Lipa music video, which is like Titanic themed, when the water rushes in, it's like, that happened to me. Like, that, that looks like it place. really happened. That's an event yeah. that happened in this reality, yeah. All of these videos are so expensive. Wait, do you think that water was special effects? Uh, yeah, it must be. Oh, really? I mean, I guess it, it could have been a set, but, like, wouldn't that have caused kind of destruction? <laughs> <laughs> like, ultimately? It was Dua's house. Yeah. <laughs> we are getting to this, like, overstimulation topic, I think. Mm. And I agree with you that somehow Harley Quinn's responsible. <laughs> I Margot, Robbie. Margot Robbie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have another music video. Speaking of Megan Thee Stallion, actually, and Doja Cat, Ariana Grande, a famous pop star, released a music video for the 34 plus 35, that equals 69, <laughs> <laughs> remix. Some quick math. Yeah, some quick math there. Um, yeah, so the three girls are in a room in what looks like a mansion. This one almost seems, I mean, it is objectively retro to like, I don't know, 70s music aesthetics, uh, music, not music, 70s movie aesthetics, but it also seems retro to like mid-2000s music videos. Like compared to what Megan and Cardi are doing, this like more muted pastelish palette seems like a bit dated from like four years ago or something, if that makes sense. From like when Selena Gomez was doing music videos with um, Petra Collins. Yes. It seems like old. It seems like out of place. And like, I know that it's 
objectively old and harkening back to as HRH Harkins. would say 70s 90s I get that I get that <laughs> 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 but it also seems like from 2016 or something I don't know yeah it's obviously meant to be vintage yeah like exactly. vintage is a word yeah V vintage and filtered and stuff, but it does come off very dull and like mm-hmm. unexciting when you're comparing these absolutely depraved music videos that we've filmed. <laughs> like ultimately, hidden. there's literally nothing happening in the 34 plus 35 video, and it's not very visually anything. Like I feel like it's not very well lit. You know, yeah, I feel yeah, like totally. they kind of all look bad, all, like the entire time. It's a little too familiar, I think. Like. I don't know who the camera person was, but I feel like they were just like literally moving it wherever they wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Freestyling it. Also, I will say, I don't think they like like each other that much. They didn't seem to be having that much fun. They didn't, did they? Yeah. And then there's like a totally unnecessary scene where Ariana uses an intercom to order room service because it's all in a hotel. Oh, so relatable. And it's just, I just... Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Again, like, what universe are you living in? Just don't do this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ari loves that. She thinks she's so quirky. Like, Ariana is the kind of girl who would just describe herself as quirky and then make, like, a funny face. Mm, like, tongue <laughs> out. And I think that she sees that little intermission as that. It's like, oh, my God. I, like, I, like, ordered food over, over an intercom. I'm so, I'm so funny. I'm so funny. But it's like, no. No. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, but there is another music video we could talk about. Which? (laughs) By a little artist named Sia from her motion picture named Mm -hmm. Music. Mm. I don't know. In which Maddie Ziegler plays facially an autistic person. (laughs) A facial portrayal of someone who can't close their mouth. Facially and gesturally too. The gestures, the hand gestures of allegedly what autism looks like. And listen, I... Like, seriously speaking, that was, like, incredibly insulting. Like, the way she acts out, quote-unquote, being on the autism spectrum is, like, wow. What year is this? so... It's not funny, but it's so funny how she did it and was, like, this is going to be really good for my career. And, like, when award season comes, just you wait, world. (laughs) I'm coming, said Maddie. And how wrong could they have all been? Yeah, and there's, like, real people in this movie, too. Like, um, Kate Hudson... Right. Has a music video out for this movie. Her song's called One Plus One. Heard of it? Um, By Beyonce? And Sia has this music video out called Together, which we kind of talked offline that it's a bit of a bop. If we're yeah, it's a bit honest. of a bop. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, Sia does that. Sia has that in her. She yeah, can people write... People always say they like Sia, I find. I hate and Sia. I'm, I don't like Sia. Yeah, yeah I, don't I like hate Sia. her. But I think we see the engineering behind it and, like, the, the potential, the, like fireworks slash roar yeah, quality exactly, exactly to quote that. two Katy Perry songs yeah. that CS songs have. Just I very hate, huge kind of rallying mm, pop songs. I hate Sia, but I will recognize that she can write a she can write a pop song that appeals to every single person alive, which is why yeah. Beyonce has her trapped in her basement. In fact Beyonce right. should have left her trapped in the basement and not let yeah. her make this movie because that looks I mean we all haven't watched the movie but Yeah. And speaking of overstimulation, a lot of the people who were commenting on it were being like, this is a movie like that is supposedly for people on the autism spectrum, yet this is not from the music video, but from a clip in the movie, like where Maddie is like really doing her like 
I don't know. I don't know what to call that. Uh, she's basically, like that. basically changing the shape of her face yeah. to, in her mind, look more autistic is what she's doing. Yeah, it's like literally what a teenager would do to make fun of people. Yeah, like yeah, whatever. Anyways, in that scene, there's like strobe lighting, and someone was being like, "Okay, <laughs> you realize that a lot of people with like." differently able people will not be able to even watch this because oh you're like God. literally doing like Gaspar Noé and like no <laughs> irreversible <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just I mean you have to laugh um, I'm laughing yeah radio needed the next like fight song so mm-hmm. I feel like radio is going to look past all this shit and just play together you know yeah totally I mean yeah what a mess Okay, so now let's get back to the singles for the week. Um, and then up next we have Slater. So someone we've talked about in the past quite a bit, because what I remember when we first started started the pot back in like 2019, I want to say, she had just released her last album. Uh, so we talked about her a lot, I feel like. And she's coming back soon with an album, album called Troubled Paradise, and she released a single by the same name. Mm-hmm. Her album leaked, actually, so it's somewhere out there if, you're, if you listen or are interested in it. I didn't really give it a listen, because quite honestly, I've been underwhelmed by the three singles she's released so far. I'll start by saying that. Right. I I think this sounds cheap. It definitely does, yeah. Um, it's some of the worst production from Slater we've heard so far. Yeah. She sounds okay. She sounds fine. It's just not very inspired. It's not at all. I don't think she knows where to go. Mm-hmm. I liked Throatzilla a bit. I remember saying that. Mm-hmm. But this one is not the look. Um, it's just very simple. It's just kind of normal electropop, weirdly. Exactly. yeah. And she's, like, singing more. Like, in the same way that Azealia Banks had a moment where she decided she had to sing bigger. Right. I feel like Slater is having that moment. Improve herself. Yeah, true. I didn't think about that, but you're right about that. And... And it's kind of like not what people wanted want from either of them, you know? Exactly. It's not really working for Slater. I okay, I wrote a few a few notes on this and the first thing that about the song is the opening verse has a really grating and bad melody and that just throws you off. But the chorus itself is not that bad, I wanna say. It's like fairly standard, very generic, yes, but okay sort of like melody throughout. But by the opening, just really like you go into the song just not wanting to because it starts off so just I I just yeah. couldn't get into it. She like holds these notes that don't exist, <laughs> like that clip of Jessica Simpson singing yeah. X song. If you know, you know. If you know, you and know. if you don't, you're probably blocked. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, you probably have a life. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I would love to see the stats on that. Like I assume. A bit like podcast episodes on Spotify, you can see when people tune out from a song right. that you've posted. So I have to imagine, like, within the 20, first 20 seconds, it's like a lot of people deciding, no, not yeah. for me. But I agree, most of it is totally normal. Yeah. Right. Like electropop. It just, like, doesn't really do anything. But in a way, in a way, that's bad, don't you think? Because that's not what Slater should be doing. Slater is not... Because here's yeah. the thing, then if Slater doesn't have the budget either visually that video is so bad or mm. production wise to do like a normal electro pub gig like she's not Dua Lipa so she can't she doesn't have the high production value so I think that she's much better when she's doing songs like Alone or Mine that are a bit more edgy you know what I mean 
because right, yeah. her sound will always sound rough around the edges because she doesn't have like a big production value. I don't know. It's a bit too generic. I was playing it out loud and my boyfriend was like, this is, what is this? This is so generic. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's what he said. Generic. Honestly, could have been a worse review. <laughs> um, she's too LA sometimes too, I think too. Like I wrote, this is too WeHo pop, you know, like West Hollywood right. gays that are like, that's too, it's too much. Like I get that she straddles the line between like actually being basic and a bit of like edginess to her, but she's telling too close to basic. Yeah. Too close to like Brooke Candy type vibes. Oh, <laughs> it's like giving me little boots almost. Like it's a, a, it's like a different. It's not even it's not even Brooke Candy for me. It is WeHo though. It is WeHo. Let's say that yeah. But it's not even like straight up basic WeHo gay. It's like the WeHo gay who thinks he's cool because he wears black sometimes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing black. So I'm not. Um, I don't. I'm not enjoying this. Anyway, stream mine, a song we do know and love. Or alone. I love alone so much. Or alone, yeah. Uh, iconic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is local for me. How about this for a shift in tone? Yeah. We have a new tune <laughs> by Juju. Is that how you pronounce Shushu? it? Yeah, I think so. Shushu. X-I-U, X-I-U. I honestly cannot recommend trying to type that in an iPhone. It just basically doesn't let you do it. So <laughs> like, <auto laughs> like, don't try. <laughs> it's called Bottle of Rum. This is famously kind of an indie duo from the twenty, the 2000s to 2010s, I guess. Yeah. Very kind of broken social scene era in my mind, at least. They're a bit more experimental than that. Uh, I feel like like not this track. Uh, like My main takeaway from this track is like very popish for what their sound is, which I like. If anyone has like any inkling of what my music taste is, is that I love when an experimental artist challenges themselves to make something that is melodic. And I think that's what I see in the song, which is why I really like it. Shushu before that is like super experimental and I've tried many times Shushu. to get into it and I've never been like super, super into it. But I am yeah. a big Grouper fan. So this song is featuring Liz, Liz Harris, also known as Grouper. Um, and in okay. that sense, it sounds a lot like a grouper track. It's very hazy, very like rub rubbery vibes, like very grouper. And that's what I love. I love this kind of track where you can like sort of like smoke a fat joint and lose yourself in this universe of like fog and haziness. If you're not into this kind of like vibe, it's a very particular track. I don't think Joshi likes this song very much. I didn't know it was. I didn't know Grouper sounded like that. Actually, to me, right. it brought me back to Arts and Crafts, that label. Yeah, the Toronto. Like right. very broken social scene, extended family, like stars mm -hmm. or like well, really just broken social scene. And you know, like Owen Pallet and like um. I don't like. Owen I don't know. Pallet. It's like yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Baroque, Baroque pop, that era in Canadian yeah. music. So Juju, I never listened to, but I was deeply ingrained in that culture at the time, anyways, in like the late. 2000s so for me this is just like fully triggering <laughs> and i don't like it and i don't want to hear it <laughs> uh well i've said my piece about it i think and i do recommend to any like sad gay boy out there who still like likes guitar music sad gay girls even yeah yeah so i speeches of people who still listen to this kind of guitar music but if you are that person you're listening give this a play and i'll read it hot because i like it 
You need to put some respect on lesbians' names, on sad lesbian names. Oh okay? my god, I'm so sorry. I just don't think lesbians have the time or energy to listen to me because I'm such a lowly creature compared <laughs> to her. I have really high respect for lesbians and I would res- I respect them too much to ever think they're listening to this podcast. That's a great point. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. That's a great point. <laughs> Um, anyways, yeah. Hi, Layla. But yeah, actually, no, I think it's a very lesbianic track. Lesbians would love this. Okay, next up. Total Shift, yet Total again. Total Shift, yeah. Speaking of, like, Toronto scenes, though, if you know Rochelle Jordan... You know. You, honestly, you probably like her, if you've heard of her. Um, she was kind of big in 2014-ish, 2013, R&B singer. Kind of chilly R&B. Like, when people say chilly R&B, I feel like you can kind of trace it back to her. And yeah, she's back with two songs co-produced by Machine Drum, who we love for producing basically Azealia Banks' best songs, like 1991. And yeah, this song is called All Along. Now, I want you to tell me what song it reminds you of, because I think it's important. I thought Disclosure immediately. I thought Luna George. Oh, you thought Disclosure. I didn't think, I didn't, uh, I thought you were going to hear this, which is like, kind of new Jack Swingy and be like, oh, it sounds like Finesse by fucking Bruno Mars and Cardi B. Oh, I didn't think about that at all. I mean, I haven't listened to Finesse. I listened to Finesse once in my life. Oh, I mean, like that song was everywhere. Like, I, oh, okay. it was the type of song you couldn't avoid. But she's released two songs. This song is like a new Jack Swing, like I said. So it sounds a bit like, I don't know, 80s, question mark? The question mark, I don't know. 70s and 90s? <laughs> <laughs> But then it ends up ultimately being House, which is fucking cool, I think. And there's like a bit of a two-step in there, too. So, as usual, she's layered. Endless layers. Then there's another song called Gotham, which is kind of, not to say the D-word, deconstructed, but deconstructed (sighs) house music. It's kind of like house music if it was leaning towards R&B. Right. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that for sure. And I don't know, I just think it's a really exciting two singles to come Mm. out. At the very beginning of a kind of boring 2021, you know? Right. So I'm really happy she's back. I had never heard of Rochelle Jordan, so my initial response was like like more negative than I think yours is because I was like, oh, she's just doing like, literally I thought 2013, 2014 music, but she was doing that in 2014, so it makes more sense now. If that makes sense? You know what I mean? Right. Like I thought of Luna George, I thought Disclosure, I thought that kind of vibe from that specific era when everyone was making like, I don't know how to describe it even, I guess, yeah, like housey r&b yeah um i yeah. think it's a it's a really it's really good about music it's just not of my taste yeah yeah you're not a huge r&b head but i do not, see yeah. i do see a comparison between disclosures overall vibe she's not oh she is british not really she was born there but she's from she like lived in toronto for all okay. of her life toronto and now she's local. in la crazy so she's bounced around a bit do you think she knows Drake? any like hot girl especially like light-skinned black hot girl making music in toronto has like a story with Drake or something. Has she's like cycled through the OVO studios or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love people to fucking pay attention to her because, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been following her for so long and she really is very good. She has a song called 401 and it is about the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because this, this is very local in like the literal sense of the term. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like regional, Toronto, yeah. close to me. Yeah. I don't know what I'll give it. I think I'll give it a local only because 
This just reminds me of that meme that it was like, what do like graphic designers listen to in their office? And that's what it gives me. Oh my god! It, I mean, listen, it's not hard. It's not easy. It's not easy to make music that sounds this good. That's, that's and very this mm. perfectly packaged, right? Like ultimately, she's indie. Like, don't forget that. Don't you forget? Like, she's doing what Slater can't do, which oh, is yeah, cre- yeah. create like perfect, basically pop songs that reference various yeah things that don't always go together. So it's hot for me, but listen, if you don't like R&B, like, why would you? But think of it as electronic music. And I think maybe you you could get into it in the future. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know. I don't hate it at all. I think it's, I think it's a pretty like, and when you frame it like that, I I think it is incredibly commendable that like an indie artist is able to make like something that sounds like this, because this sounds like something that I could hear on a Dua Lipa album. Well, not Dua Lipa specifically, but like, it sounds more high budget than it probably actually is. And that's yeah. talent. Thank you, Machine Drum, for helping with that. Yeah, he's yeah. not always great, but I feel like he added touches to this that really make it like perfect. <laughs> so yeah, stream all along. It's fucking stuck in my head as I speak, and that doesn't always happen on the show. Like usually, I'm like, okay, how does that song go again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have to do that. I'm always like, oh, let me play it really quick. Oof. Thank you, Rochelle Jordan. Speaking of indie, we have another kind of indie for you. Do you want to introduce it? We have Club Eat. The song that I put on is Wow. So Club Eat, um, I actually don't know like the specifics about this musician. I found this through Tumblr. And I think that if you are a listener that came through Tumblr, you probably know where this comes from. I, But again, th- th- anyways, this EP was produced by Chicken, who is the producer of the latest Isabella Love Story EP, which we love on this podcast. We love Chicken. We, we love, love Chicken. Isabella, yeah. Yeah, honestly, a really, really good producer. And this is produced by Chicken and by Drum Loop. And the Drum Loop, if you were on Tumblr at some point, you probably know who I'm talking about. So there's this connection to like Isabella Love Story, <laughs> um, Shahan, also known as Lar- Large Coin, kind of that like scene of Tumblr that is like, was really like Tumblr famous in the 2000s and now are like moving to like, actually like like more mainstream creative pursuits more defined anyways so specifically wow is more trappy or hip-hoppy than the rest of the songs on the ep this has like a underlying like trap beat throughout with like whispery vocals on top of it essentially i think it's like similar to how you feel about rochelle jordan is like really well-made music on a low budget shoestring budget yeah And this one is, I think, even more shoestring than Rochelle. Right. From the vibes that I'm getting. Yeah, by the sounds of it, they're like working together. It does sound like a very small scale project. Yeah. And I would be a hobby, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And I will say that a couple of songs on the EP I didn't love at all. They did sound a bit too like Garage Band. But Club Queen, wow. Club King and WoW, I think they're bops. And not only that, I think they're just cool. It's refreshing to see people who you actually think are cool making cool music. You know, like nowadays we're like stuck with like, I mean, Dua Lipa makes good music, but we don't think she's cool. There's like right, no, yeah. there's no cool pop stars out there, honestly, when you think about it. Since, no, Rihanna, right. since Rihanna faded out, there's like no coolness in pop. No. Maybe Twigs. Twigs is still Oh yeah, cool. you're right. Yeah, Twigs still, I mean, I don't like her, but I like her music, but she's a bit cringe. Anyways, I feel like I did a bad job explaining Club Eat. All I can say is I think it's really hot, and I think you should listen to WoW and Club Queen. And if you like those, make your way through the EP. Yeah, agree. Okay, this is like a disastrous outro, but let's just do it. We thrive in chaos. We love chaos. 
a little singer we like to call Rita Ora has sampled a little song we like to call Crazy Frog, Crazy Frog. also known as Axel F. I mean... I mean, it's, it's called Bang Bang, and uh, she has an EP out with Iman Beck, this um, uh, almost yeah. Scandinavian, but Kazakhstan producer, and like fucking carnage. I mean, what's happening with Rita Ora? I will give her this. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do the sandwich thing. Positive first. It's the initial melody, like the melody of Crazy Frog, is good. And hearing it <laughs> is hearing it with vo- hearing it with vocals is nice. Hmm. So I like the idea of Crazy Frog, the melody with vocals. That being said, the song is a mess, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just like no taste level. Like, why are you sampling Crazy Frog? At this point in your career, like, what are you trying to do? What are you getting at? There's no vision to the song. There's, like, nothing about it. It's pretty whack. Yeah. It reminds me of that Pia Mia EDM cover of Love Fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ago. We talked about it's it. It's just, like, so, like, out of pocket. <laughs> out of pocket. And, like, <laughs> and, like <laughs> good luck booking that big room you speak of. Like, I don't know. Like, remember when you said the word Tomorrowland in our last episode? I would like yeah. to also say the word Tomorrowland in this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Tomorrowland. Like, who, like who's making music Period. for that right now? You yeah, know, like, why? Yeah. It's, like, huge for Kazakhstan, Serbian relations, I'm sure, but... Yeah. And if you listen to, <laughs> our, last, if you listen to our last episode, The Love Line, which you should listen to, someone asked us, what kind of music would make you leave a room of a hookup? Uh, the answer to the question is bang bang made of Reno. Yeah, methy EDM. That's it's exactly methy EDM. Yeah, yeah. Of the worst kind too, because methy EDM can be. There's bangers there. This, this is just not. Sure. I mean, there's no creativity to this. There's like this nothing. Is like full circuit party. I feel like yeah, like yeah, exactly. Circuit party. Yeah. And there's yeah. a music video for another track that she released, but I didn't watch that. Did you watch it? I don't know. I didn't see it. There's a oh, few yeah. songs though. Like there's an EDM duet with Gunna. Like he literally is singing with her. It's bizarre. It's so weird. And then there's like a very TikTok skewing song called Mood. So I feel like that's not the last we'll hear of a couple of those songs. But and I was wondering, what is Rita Ora? Period. Like what is next in Rita Ora's career? And I just thought she either needs to go full on like singer songwriter, maybe not even singer songwriter, but like actually become a musician and make music that is like niche or she should just retire and do like big brother this is not this is a mess to me like she has no creative like command of what she's trying to do with rita or the person i know that's actually with her like music career like what is rita or like what is the point of this who is this a p for what is rita or trying to do i thought you froze I think it's okay. I think it's a bit pathetic, is what I'm trying to get oh. at. I think that... You think EDM is pathetic? <laughs> no, I think Rita Ora... Re, the state of Rita Ora's career is pathetic, because she's yeah. she's been the butt of a joke for a few years now, and you have to battle that by either coming out with like a, an album that is so amazing, or you lean into it and become just like a... I don't know, going QVC and selling t-shirts... This is QVC. This is the QVC of music, yeah. Yeah. Pretty weird, honestly. I feel bad for saying that she's pathetic. You should. (laughs) (laughs) 
You fucking should. I just want her to find her vision and see what she really should do with her career. And I'll tell her it's not this. And this is the most local thing that I've ever seen in my life. It's so local, yeah. I'll always like I Will Never Let You Down, though. There's a song I've heard that I like. I forget what it's called. The one that everyone likes. Probably I Will Never Let You Down. Uh, let me Google this. Um, while I Google it, <laughs> while I Google it, I will say that I I bet you ten dollars right now, Canadian, that this song is gonna be like in a year we're gonna be like, oh my god, that was a huge like when we talk about it, like when things are so local that they suddenly become hot. This has potential. To did we that. did we even say the name? The EP oh, is bang, called bang. bang, and the song itself is called Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the crazy frog simple. It's. Uh, yeah, really hard to talk about. Anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. That was Radio Smash. Yeah, I like that song. Well, thank you, Rita, for, um, I don't know, keeping busy. Yeah. You know? I'm really sorry if you're a Rita or a fan listening. Um, it's just how I feel. It's funny how many artists are pivoting to EDM. Like, Jeremiah has been mm. doing all these really cheap EDM songs. That PMEA love full cover. This entire EP... People that have fans are trying this sound. And to me, the sound is deeply dated, but... People that have fans and then you list Pia Mia, Rita Ora? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty baffling. People who have two fans, such as... No, I'm joking. People who have listeners, let's put it that way. Yeah, much like us. I was, I was thinking when with um, Rebecca Black shit, I was thinking that it is that time of the decade when... I'm sure 2010's nostalgist it was going to start coming up. Yeah. I've seen it a lot in like, I was listening to a podcast on It Girl, uh, the It Girl Theory, I think it's called. I forget. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like, two th- like more late 2000s hipsterism. But in a way we saw it with like our Uffy, like we did it. We've contributing to the 2010s nostalgia. But I think it's coming. I mean, Rebecca Black did it. I think it's like happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a good point. So, listener, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for today. Oh, wait, what's your smash of the week? Gotta be Rochelle Jordan, baby. Gotta be all along. Mm-hmm. Easy Mine for is me. Definitely Wow by Club Eat. Good. Yeah, keep it local. We're going indie core. Yes. Um, we didn't do the mentions, but that's fine. I don't really feel like a, yeah. Um, we're gonna post a playlist of all these songs, mm-hmm. but then also all the songs that didn't make the cut. So, there's like good stuff. There's this Japanese group called Chai. There's a song called Action. They're really cute. The new Twig song. Zilla Day and Wiseblood have a song together if you're into like guitar music. Smurfs has that track that is like pretty interesting. Boys, Noise. There's some stuff there. Remixed Tasty by Shy Girl. That's a big deal in a way. Boring remix, so that's why we didn't talk about it. But yeah. Billie Eilish and Rosalia. What's that about? Yeah. We didn't <laughs> Just questions about you it. can ask yourself. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks, listener. Subscribe on Patreon for extended cuts and bonus episodes if you are into this. And we'll see you really soon. Bye. Bye.